Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name, my name is Jason Newland. This, 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 this is Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Sleep, sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. And just thank you for listening. Hope you're all well. And I'm I'm gonna eat. A lion bar. Mmm. So um quite a good thing to do when I'm eating, when I'm talking, doing this rather, because I'm constantly lying, 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 it sounds similar, Not really doing myself any favours. It's five forty-two in the morning. I'm drinking coke and eating a lion bar. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's actually a duo. Lion by duo, so I'm only going to have half, so it's only one little one. It's about two and a half, three inches long, so it's a good mouthful. myself by eating oh, I had years ago I had someone moan at me he said do you really have to drink water when you're making recordings now at the time the recording I'd made I was making while I was in the middle of a chest infection when I say in the middle I mean it's not a traffic jam is it but 
or a roundabout. But in the middle, you know, I just got past the, the phase where I was like cough, coughing all the time. And I wanted to make a recording, so I did. But I had to keep drinking water to stop myself from coughing. Because it was a, a video recording, so I couldn't... Well, technically I could edit it, but I didn't really have the equipment to edit back then. With an audio recording, it's easy. I can cough. and I mean, I don't fart, but if I did fart, I could edit that out. And I did a recording earlier, and Andre sneezed. Left it in. <laughs> it was... Uh, I can't remember, I think it's a deep sleep whisper one. But the thing is, the only reason I left it in is because I talk. I was talking about it for another like 30 seconds about him sneezing. So, well, why am I talking about that for? Mmm. That was not, I haven't had any chocolate at all today. I say today, I mean yesterday. With a weird um, period, really. Not, 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 the, not the chocolate, I mean, it was a bit of a weird... Uh, last night, when I say last night, okay, what's it now? It's Wednesday now. So Monday night, I, I was in bed all night, pretty much. And then I was in bed all day again, during Tuesday. And I got up for a while and then I went back to bed again till about half seven. And I've been up since then. I just, uh, I just lost, didn't lose the plot, I just uh, couldn't function. It happens, it happens. So, oh, I'm gonna get rid of this chocolate, let's put it over there. Um, but tonight, or, you know, over the night, today, I've done two recordings. I did a relaxation for stress, anxiety, and panic attacks called We Are, we are Born Positive, or We Are All Born Positive, and I did a deep sleep whisper one. So the relaxation for stress one, that was 120, number 126. And I think the deep sleep one was 100, 225, I think. I think. And this, oh, who knows what this, I think this is number 397. How ridiculous. Why have I done so many? I should just, I should do something new, shouldn't I? Do something different. Just stop doing these. What should I do? I don't know. I've decided, I've decided to definitely write a book. That's what I've decided. And I've been listening to a lot of positive stuff over the last couple of days. 
trying to uh, help myself in that. There's this a book, really famous book. I've actually got it over there on my table in book form, but I've been listening to the actual audio on on Audible. So I like to I like to listen to positive, you know, self help, motivational recordings on Audible. That's that's the only thing I've really listened to. I don't listen to the books, you know, the like fiction books and stuff like that, or science fiction. Um, what's the opposite of fiction? Non-fiction, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say fact. I listen to fact. So I like to listen to things that are, you know, around the subjects that I'm involved in or interested in. So you like anxiety, stress, uh, hypnosis, anything like psychological, uh, therapeutic, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So... What I'm doing now is because I've I've been on and off of Audible for probably yeah, three years, and I'm now going to actually collect the books and listen to them more than once, rather than just listen to one and then replace it with another one. Which is, I think it's okay if it's a if it was a fictional book. Uh, I have listened to uh, some fictional books. I'd listen and I wouldn't want to listen again. I generally wouldn't reread a book once I've read it. If it was uh, like a story, I shouldn't say story book, but if it was a fiction, a, a piece of uh, fiction. So, or probably if it was an autobiography, I wouldn't reread that or re listen to that. But when it comes to hypnosis books, and there's not many that I can listen to on Audible, there's a couple. I reckon they'll expand it. But I've got two of the main ones that they've got on there, which are about mental, mental, Milton Erickson. I think, uh, yeah, one's called Uncommon Therapy. The other one's called My Voice Will Go With You. And so I've got both of those on Audible, so I listen to those. The Magic of Thinking Big is a really positive book. I think I've got that in book form as well, as audio. Think and Grow Rich is the one that I'm listening to. And it's not about money. It might, you know, the title, he, uh, it's Napoleon, 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 Napoleon Hill. Came up with the title because he basically spent 20 years studying successful people. 
of his time, uh, like Edison, um, Ford, you know, all the people. This was going back a long time, obviously. But he studied, I think, like 500 people that were all successful at what they did. And he wanted to find out what they had in common. And he then put it into book book format. Released a book. Uh, the original title was going to be something very different. And then he it came up with the pithy, you know, Think and Grow Rich, which is a great, great title. I think the only downside to the title is it, it gives an impression that it's just all about money, like a, a quick getting quick rich kind of thing, you know? Get rich quick plan, which is most stuff in most people these days would class as a bit ridiculous. Conny, very conny, very Yeah, not realistic. But it's not about that at all. It's nothing about that. And none of the people that he dis- that he interviewed and got to know were people that were into that. These were hugely successful people who had a... And it's not just about people that were successful that had an idea and they became successful straight away. He talks about people that really struggled, but they kept going, and they were determined, and had faith in themselves. So yeah, I'm not trying to sell the book to you, I'm just, uh, but if you go into the link, there's an Amazon link, and I, I make one million pounds for each book sold. No, I don't, and no, I haven't. But it's a good book. I've read it. I read it probably 20 years ago, to be fair. But I didn't keep it. You know, it's one of the many books that I gave away or destroyed or, you know, my little moments, my little brain fart moments. But most of those books I probably gave away to charity shops, like the sales books. Because once I stopped working in sales, back in... Well, when I thought I'd stopped back in uh, 2007, I went back into sales again in 2012. But in 2007, I thought I'd finished with sales and I got rid of all my sales books. But I didn't have them for the sales part. I had them because they were motivational and they were positive. And I just... It kind of just works the same way as if if someone keeps telling you that, you know, negative stuff, it affects us, doesn't it? So if I'm reading positive stuff telling me that I can become something and I can succeed in what I choose to do and I can become better at that thing if I work hard and be positive and, you know, it's, it's... it's that stuff soaks in and if it wasn't for that I wouldn't (laughs) 
I won't be where I am now. Unemployed and <laughs> penniless. Apart from that, I'm doing really well for myself. <clears throat> you know, in some ways, I'm doing much better than I ever did previously. In some ways. I mean, I don't have my book collection anymore that I had, and I miss that. I used to have a big book collection, and I'd feel good just by looking at it. So I'm going to build it up. It's going to take... To get that book collection back, it's probably going to take me 10 years. It's, it was a big book collection. But I'll do it. I'll get them back. And uh, but outside of that, I've got a home. And I've got to just... I'm not showing off, by the way. I'm just trying to sort of... I guess just be positive, you know, about my own life. Try and look at the positive things. And I got this place. And I'm really, really lucky to have this place. I really am. And I know that, but I don't appreciate it all the time. But then it's not... It's not natural to always be appreciative, is it? I don't think. I mean, it's nice to sort of get more in touch with that. And to spend more time feeling appreciative and grateful. But, you know, I'm not going to have that feeling all the time. But when I can get in touch with it, I look around. And where I'm sitting right now in this brown chair that's not really mine, it's my neighbour's. Um, he lent it to me, but I don't know if he wants it back. It's not having it back. And it's really comfortable for making recordings. It really is perfect for making recordings. It's, it's not squeaky. It's not, I'm not laying back. Because although it's comfortable to lay back in a recliner chair, which I can't do anymore because the, the chair's broken over there, but even when I could, it's not the great position to be talking because it constricts the throat a little bit. It's sort of similar to be like leaning forward. If you lean back too far, I don't talk like this. If that is, makes me cough, I'm going to cough now. I'm going to pause. See, I pressed the pause button then and I coughed. That's a weird thing about recording with audio. It's just you don't, you could say absolutely anything and as long as you edit it, it sounds like that's the exact order of things. And I don't, I do very minimal editing. But, you know, with these recordings, especially the long ones like this, I see spikes in the recording, you know, on the screen as I'm going to edit it. And I have to check out the spikes to make sure it's not distorted or it's not too loud. So I try to sort of even out the, the sound 
and it takes sometimes it takes like half hour or more to edit these recordings and that's just a very vague editing it's not a proper listening through every single bit because I worked out when I used I did a that smoking course stop smoking course back in 2000 and I don't know when it was 2009 2008 2009 it took me four hours for every hour of recording to edit four hours so basically four minutes for every minute doesn't sound so bad when you look at it that way does it And I went through the whole thing, edited, added some silence to make up for the time taken out of it. You know, so I just very, very, very long winded. But I've, with a little bit of research, a little bit of research, I found some editing for the iPad that I can use. So I might be able to use that editing software. I forget what it's called. But what it does, it's got an equalizer where it equalizes so that there's no peaks, you know, there's no, everything's not at the same level of course there's quiet times like if I whisper like this it's not the same as if I'm talking like this it's a different but there wouldn't be any real like loud parts and also you can add um, bits in which are quiet but they're not I don't know how to explain it but it looks quite good so I'm going to look into that and um Also, I'm going to look into making some videos, maybe with me on them, maybe not, but at the very least, I'm looking to, again, do this on the iPad with software and make some proper, really nice graphic videos, graphic videos, I don't mean like X-rated, I mean graphic as in I don't know, like spirals, man, mandalas, sort of something that looks really good, and then add my own logo in, and so make just to do it, design it myself. Instead of oh, the car's about to start. Are you ready? Can you hear it? It's going to drive up to the end of the road, turn round, 
and drive back past here again. Listen. That's a noisy car. Every day at six. <laughs> Blimey. So it's... Uh, I suppose there's not many garages open, are there? So he, he can't get it fixed. So I don't think there's many places where you can get your car fixed at this time. They're going to be so busy, aren't they, when they open? There's going to be a long queue of people with uh, cars with weird-sounding engines. going to be like all these cars and I imagine the the people working in the garage thinking what's all these cars outside what's all these these teenagers these 17 18 year olds with their cars what do they want and the people come out of the car saying we're not we're not teenagers we haven't purposely made our cars sound like this it's there's something wrong with them Oh, you mean so you haven't messed with the the engine and stuff so that it makes that really horrible noise? No, no, we don't want it to sound like this. We don't want to disturb our neighbours early in the morning. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, we're nice. We're nice people. Oh. Oh. Oh, go take... Have these, I bought you some flowers. Oh. Anyway, that distracted me. What was I talking about? Must have been interesting. Always is. <laughs> I had a friend walking through the park. There was a hedgehog. And he picked up the hedgehog because he didn't want it to walk into the road. So he turned it around to face the other way. And um, that's a way to trick a hedgehog. And he came up to me and said, uh, you know, hedgehog is one of the most dirtiest animals on the planet, full of fleas and mites. And <laughs> he's saying that as he's putting his hand in his pocket. I was like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, let's not shake hands. Hedgehogs. I like hedgehogs. Shall I tell you what I like about hedgehogs? Is how quickly they move. They give the impression that they're slow because they don't move, do they? When there's people around, they stay still. But they are fast. A hedgehog moves as quickly as Andre does. I just want to say quick. I whistled. I whistled. I like to whistle. Makes me feel happy in my tummy. Me bum, me bum, me. I think I've lost weight. I think I have. I don't know why. 
I think I'm eating less than I was. And, but I'm also been working out on a punch bag every day, a few times a day. But I can really feel my muscles in my stomach. And I can tense them. Like I could tense them before, but it feels like there's actually something there now. I can actually... It's almost like, you know when you tense your biceps? That's what it feels like with my stomach, except the muscles are a lot bigger in my stomach. <laughs> it's like the biggest arm you've ever seen. I like my little punch bag, although I think it was... I don't know how long it's going to stick to the wall. It definitely rattles when I punch it. I do like it. What I do now, though, I don't wear gloves. I do it with bare hands. Because when I broke my hand, I thought, you know what? There's it, no point punching my gloves. Like I punch, well, for me, I mean, it is for other people, but personally... It's good to just, if you punch a bag with gloves, you can punch with any part of your hand, providing your, your wrist is supported or is straight, you're not going to hurt yourself generally. But if you do it without gloves, I'm, I'm not saying you should punch, you shouldn't punch a punch bag without gloves, you should wear protection and protect your hands. But I noticed when I did it without gloves, I had to change the way I was punching. And I had to change my hand position and be a lot more careful in the technique so that I didn't hurt my hand, I didn't hurt my wrist. And now, quite a nice little technique going there. Yeah. Of course, I'll put the gloves on. I could punch. You could just, it's, it's, it's not real, you know. Because like you can punch with your little, with your, your little knuckles on your hand with a punch with boxing gloves, and it don't hurt. But that's not a good, you know. It's not very. It's not the right way to do it. If you have a fight with a punch bag. Yeah, yeah. I remember I went into a pub once years ago and my wrist was hurting. I don't know why. I, really, I don't know. My wrist was just hurting. And I bought a a splint for my, for my wrist from the chemist. It was just like a, a thing that you put on your hand and your wrist to support your wrist. I don't know why it was hurting. All I knew it was really hurting a lot. So I put this splint on to support it. So I go into the pub to have a drink. I'm not sure if it was my right hand or my left hand, right wrist or left wrist, I don't know. And this happened a couple of times when I was younger, just where I had to wear supports on my wrists. It doesn't happen anymore. Apart from when I broke my wrist, but 
my wrists seem quite strong these days, apart from when they're not. And the this bloke was at a bar. I wasn't far from the bar itself. Um, I was just sitting down, having a pint of lager. And he turned around and said to me, something about, oh, you're punching the wall again, are you? Walls don't hit back, or something like that. Really, like he was looking for an argument, looking for a row. And I thought, how pathetic. To try and pick a fight with someone that's clearly injured. <laughs> you know, that's the most one of the most pathetic things ever, isn't it? Yeah, let's pick a fight with a with a one armed man. So I shot him. No, I didn't. Um I just moved into the other part of the pub because I thought oh, I can't deal with that kind of silliness. And I just hoped that he had a similar conversation with some of the locals that went in there. Because <laughs> he could have fun with them. But, no. Uh, it's like, oh, if I'd have gone in there with, what, a brace on my leg, would you been kicking a wall? No, I haven't been kicking a wall. I did it skiing off the roof. Actually, do you really want to know how I hurt my leg? I was climbing out your mum's bedroom window when your dad arrived home early from work. Uh, 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 uh. And I slipped. Nah. It's too easy, isn't it? Too easy to slip in those situations. I tell you what I like about the carry on films. What makes me laugh? That the, the films make me laugh. It's my not really my era. They are, but they started in the fifties, and they were in the sixties and the seventies. But they'd all kind of they'd be on regularly on television all the way through my childhood. You know, all you know, regularly on like on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So I saw every single one of them many times over, and I didn't realise until recently that all of, well, pretty much all of the male characters were quite old. You know, and they're always chasing after young women. But no one questioned it back then. I'm not saying that um, I'm not being ageist, because I think if young women want to date older men, they should be allowed. Now I'm very on it, you know, more about equality. And if a young adult woman wants this to date someone, you know, 49, that's 49 for example, then she should be allowed to do what she wants to do. 
without society frowning upon her. So I'm very much, um, I'm a feminist basically, I am a feminist. So in fact I encourage, I encourage young women to date older men. I think that's, that, that's definitely feminism isn't it? In fact it should be compulsory. That's 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 an extreme feminist. I am a, I am a feminist extremist. Really? Compulsory. It's because uh, to be fair, if if a, a young woman, I don't know, twenty two dates a forty nine year old, let's say. At least after that, she'll appreciate men near her age. Start to appreciate them. <laughs> well, not, I don't know. I saw this documentary the other day, and it is. And it's about age gap love. that every single one of the people that were older were rich. And there was, I think there was one woman and three men. They were all, no, four men and maybe two women. I don't know. There was two different documentaries, both the same night, episodes one and two. So there was a hairdresser that was with his younger wife. But he was famous anyway. He's a famous hairdresser and rich and, you know, so he was, I forget his name. What was his name? He's got blonde hair. Well, he was blonde. Um, Nicky Clark, is it Nicky? So he was a handsome man anyway, so I don't think it would have made any difference if he had money or not. Yeah, right. But, you know, he's he's cool, but he's married to someone that's... But he's rich. And then there was another really, really proper, mega-rich person that owned an insurance company. And the lady that he married... 10 years previously they got together she was working in his office and there's something something about him the owner of this successful insurance company something about him that really you know appealed to her so they got together which is lovely it's very romantic and then there is There was this this lady, and she was really, really successful business woman, person, human, and she, you know, she was just enjoying herself, and she was dating. Not she date, liked to date really young men, like twenty four, something like that. Not twenty four men, twenty four age. And she was about 
96 or something. And that was quite cool. And there was another, another one, another lady who was rich as well. But she was, I think she was married or she was at least living with some, a man who was younger than her sons. And he, he said, look, it's got nothing to do with her having money. And the camera crew started laughing. He, he started laughing. He said, God, I hope you're not going to put that in the documentary. I couldn't say that with a straight face. And uh, they said, no, of course we won't. He said, uh, yeah, but he... No, he seemed really happy. They both seemed happy. I don't think it should make any difference. I always used to love going out with older women. You know, I was very, very young at the time. Well, fairly young. I mean, my first... Um, trying to word this correctly. My first party was with a 25-year-old when I was 19 and it was a nice party uh, cake and a balloon and yeah it was good it's nice and then I dated another girl well like lady when I was 20 she was about 24. And then... Yeah, I dated lots of women that were a bit older than me. But I dated women that were younger than me as well. I think, what was it? There was one woman I met years ago when I was... I was in a comedy club. And I started trying to chat her up, which I've never really... I can chat people up ironically by basically making fun of the whole chatting up scenario. But I'm not very good at pretending to be interested in someone. It's, it's you know, it's... So I think it, I tried to do it in a kind of jokey way. And... But I liked her. I really fancied this woman. Really did. She was lovely. And she was talking to me and everything. I thought, okay. Well, you never know. So I started like chatting her up. You know, putting on a charm and stuff. At least I thought that's what it was. And... Said, you want a drink, darling? I don't know. It was, it was a... Pretty a bit crass, probably, probably a bit embarrassing. Not for me, but for anyone that was watching. And she turned to me and she said, I think she said something like, I'm 10 years older than you and I've got three children. 
I said, I didn't ask for your life story. I just want to know if you want a drink. Which didn't seem to help the... I thought that uh, break the ice, but it didn't. And she got really upset with me that I was... Because I was 20, or maybe 21, 20, something like that. That I would dare to think that someone who was 30 would be interested in me. And I said to her, look, I don't don't care how old you are. It's not your fault, is it? That you're that old. And, I mean, as far as the kids go, I'm not, not trying to replace their father or anything and um, I don't know where the relationship's going but if we do end up you know into a deep relationship and perhaps looking for long term then you know we could look at I don't know adoption she's holding me adoption I, I don't I didn't didn't tell you that I had the snip. That I wasn't able to have babies. I said, no, I'm talking about having the other kids adopted by someone else so we could be together. Again, apparently that's not a good chat line. She walked away. Also, I dated another woman. She was, when I was 17, I kind of, I didn't really date her, but I had a nice experience. And I was friends with her and I was in love with her and all that stuff when I was 17. And she was 25. And then I actually did date her when I was 23. And she was 43, I don't know, whatever, how old she was. So yeah, so I'm not ageist, I'm not ageist. Just now, anyone older than me, it's just, it's like I've got a day of pensioner now. I look at it so like there's this, this woman that I used to date, and now she's, she's about 72. Her grandchildren are pensioners. I mean, it's just like, what's going on? Very strange. When I was younger, I did spend a lot of time chatting up lesbians. I sound like a joke, but it's true. I hadn't, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I, I don't know. How are you supposed to tell? I mean, one of the women did say, well, did, you, did you not see me kissing my girlfriend in front of you for the last 10 minutes? I said, no, I, f- I thought you were flirting. It's just... There was one girl, well, I say girl at the time, I was young, I used to call women girls, and they were young as well, but... I remember one comedian, she went on to be quite famous, actually. But... 
I was chatting, I think I was chatting her friend up. I thought it was her friend. So I knew, I, I kind of knew her a little bit from the comedy circuit. And I was chatting up. Uh, well, I, was, I was attempting to chat. I can't chat up. I can't do chat up. I just don't. I can't. I can't do that. I don't. I think the only people who can do chat up really, like chat people up, is people that are successful are those that don't need to do it. You know, those that need to do chat-up lines doesn't seem to really work, I don't think. But I might be wrong. You know, the whole, uh, are you from around here? You know, it's like, oh, what is... Uh, I think it's easier to meet someone at work of course, if you work. Um, my last job when I was in, doing insurance, that the very last job I had, there was there was a couple of women there that I was really starting to get on well with, and considered going out with or asking out. There was one, I can't remember either of their names, but one, they were quite similar looking as well. In fact, I started to wonder if it was the same person. But, uh, <laughs> genuinely, but there was this, this uh, I don't know what her name was, but, oh, I liked her. And she used to talk to me and, like, purposely come up and talk to me and stuff. And... That was, and I was just sort of near, sort of saying, "Would you want to?" Well, I've I've got to the point where I was about to say to her, "So do you come here often?" Or you know, where you're from? You know, just normal stuff. And and then I left. I left the job. Another one. The other one that might have been the same person. I'm not sure. They had a different top on though. And so I was looking into her eyes. And she and she she came I was coming back. Now I was outside. I think I was coming outside of the building for me break. She was going into the building from her break. And she said to me, You're right, alright. And we both had the same kind of tone of voice. We didn't have the same voice, but we had the same tone of voice, a very kind of, yeah, kind of on that level of, I don't know, kind of felt a little bit connected to her. And she said, what time do you finish? I said, what, what the hell's it got to do with you? And she said, oh, I was only asking. I, was, I said, yeah, you ask all you like. It was, What's it got? It's my business, isn't it? She said, oh, all right then. As you walked away. Now, in hindsight, which is a great thing, perhaps I should have been nicer, but I didn't want to play it easy, you know. I didn't want to be, 
don't want to be too loose. I wanted to. <laughs> no, I didn't say any of that. I said, so what time? You, what time? You, she said, what time are you finishing? I said, well, I'm finishing at four o'clock, I think. She said, same here. And just stood there. In fact, I went past it. Was it about six months ago? On a bus, still standing there. <laughs> no, and she, she was like, and then she goes, "Oh, well, I can't bet. Go back. Bye." As if she was like waiting for me to say something. I don't know what she was waiting for, but I liked her. She was nice. little bit grumpy but I don't mind grumpy women and not all the time grumpy but someone that doesn't like put on a, a fake smile not that there's anything wrong with that because you know it's we've all done it and sometimes it's it's a coping strategy isn't it but I quite like the fact that I know that she <laughs> That was a bit loud, wasn't it? I quite like, yeah, she seemed quite nice. But yeah, and then that was it. And then I left and when I left the job, they was basically the whole office knew that I'd been gone off ill and, you know, which they shouldn't have done. So yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know what point. Yeah, I mean, should I have said? She said. She said to me, "Oh, what time did you finish?" Should I have said, "Oh, four. She said, oh, "I finish at the same time." What should I have sort of like got down and proposed to her? I don't know. What are the rules? And if she did want to do something with me why didn't she say it because that's not the rules the rules is a man's supposed to do it no that's sexist sexist and as I told you I'm a feminist not into all that rubbish just like yeah the man should do I saw one thing which my goddaughter I don't see her anymore so I suppose she is my goddaughter anymore but she she posted on Facebook years ago and there was a picture of a man or a boy like I don't know young people and he's she's got her hand round his waist and he's got his hands on her bum and underneath said this is how a man's supposed to well, this is how a boy's supposed to cuddle his girlfriend. And I thought that just sums up the whole kind of, this is how things are supposed to be. It's not real life. There is no supposed to. It's just, do your own thing. Be your own person. Oh, I must hold you this way. Oh, the the man should pay for the food. 
I've dated, I've dated people like that. Only men should pay. I, mean, I had one girlfriend. She said, "I saw when sat down at I sat down at the restaurant. She said, Have you forgot something?'" I said, "I said, oh man, yeah, I forgot to wipe my ass." So I go back, I go back to the to, to the toilet, and um, when I get back to the, from the toilet, she's still standing there. He said, "She said, I said, what are you doing?" He said, "Have you forgotten something?" Oh, I forgot to wash my hands, so I go back, wash my hands, come back to the table. She's still standing there. I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "Have you forgotten something?" I said, I've run out, I've run out of ideas. What? She said, you're supposed to pull the chair for me to, you know, so I can get in, sit down. I said, what, your arm's not working? Yes, my arms are working, but a gentleman supposed to pull the chair back to help a lady sit down at a table in a restaurant that's what a gentleman's supposed to do and I said but isn't a gentleman supposed to wipe his bum after he's been to the toilet and wash his hands I've clearly proven I'm not a gentleman And I thought, oh, wait a minute. I realised my hands were still wet. So I said, no, it's okay, I'll do that. And so I pulled the chair chair out and I patted her on the back (laughs) so I could dry my hands off. That was nice. Apparently a really good way to annoy someone on a first date is um, patting them on the head. Apparently that's not romantic. For some reason. I'm not a dog. Well, I know you're not a dog. Why are you patting me on the head like I'm a dog? I said, I don't... I don't think you're a dog. I think you're a beautiful woman. She said... She said said this... This is... I've had this a couple of times. She said, if you don't think I'm a dog... Why are you patting me on the head? Why are you patting me on the head? I said, look, I don't think you're a dog. Genuinely, I think you're a wonderful person. I wouldn't have asked you out for a date if I didn't think you were lovely. I'm not, why are you thinking such horrible things about me? She said, well, why do you pat me on the head for then? I said, I just want to know how big your forehead was. Because your hair's quite high up. I didn't know if your head was that high or if it was just your hair. Apparently that's not romantic either. I've done my best to be romantic, but I can't. It's like almost like having to second guess what do people like. I mean, I was I'm pretty sure I went to the, the, the. I can't remember the person, but I was about sixteen. I went to the cinema with a girl 
and I put my hand on her leg. Literally, it was a knee. And if you know, that's not a place I would normally put my hand. But, I don't know, I just, I think I saw it in a movie once. So, I put my hand on her knee, and she she picked my hand up by the wrist and put it back onto my own knee. I said to her, I didn't talk to her. That was it. I didn't talk to her for the rest of the night. In fact, I think I just walked out. Mixed messages. I'm pretty sure she asked me to go to the cinema, but that doesn't seem very likely. Mind you, <laughs> come to think of it, ah. No, I was there on my own and she sat down on her own. No, I'd not met her before. Ah, that explains it. Yeah. No, I'm joking, I wouldn't. No, no. No, I'm actually quite respectful. I wish I, I don't know... Probably too respectful, actually, over the years. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. No, but genuinely, I've been quite good. I've, uh, I've not taken advantage of situations. I don't mean advantage as in a bad thing, but just, you know, not read the signals You know, when the green light's flashing, I'm just thinking, no, I'll still stay, still stay here. I'll still, you know, just wait. Yeah. Well, I took a girl out once. And she invited me back to her place. And her mum and dad were on holiday, I think, so I just went back. She invited back. I think she, we were both 16 or 17 or something. And she... I think she sort of got some drinks from her dad's drink cabinet, sat down and... She kept, like, pulling her top down. And then pulled it up, showed me her belly, and and I just sat there, really unsure what to do, because I was like, you know, completely inexperienced, still am really. And I took t- so long to make a move to actually read the, her signals. It took me so long. But by the time I went to actually kiss her, she'd been married for three years, had two kids. And they just took, I really was slow on the uptake on that one, on that one, on that situation. I mean, I fell in love with someone. It's totally true. She worked in a, um, a coffee place. 
and I fell in love with her. The first second I saw her, I was like, wow. Most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And she was way too young for me. So, yeah, way too young. She was an adult, but she was young, very young. And I was probably 37 then. I think there's, well, I was 20, I think there was, yeah, it was a big age difference. But I was like, she just blew me away with how gorgeous she was. And I thought, no, not bothering. So I went in there every single day, about seven times a day. And she still didn't notice me. I went there for years, I didn't go every day, but I did go in there. And I could never build a conversation with her, I could never get to talk to her, even though she was getting older, or so was I, but she was, she was, you know, not middle-aged, but she was getting older. And I fenced, what, from 2007 to let's say 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So probably for at least five years, I really, 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 really liked her, really fancied her. And every time I went in there, I was like, oh, she's so beautiful. But she was grumpy. And I made her laugh once. I mean, I fell over and broke me, broke me leg, but it was worth it just to get a laugh out of her. I thought, what's next? Try and get, shoot myself out of a cannonball against the wall. You know, I don't know. What can I do to make her laugh? But, The only time, that's the only two times, I actually once said hello to her, to her face as she was walking into work and she blanked me completely. And I still loved her. So something about loving someone that doesn't want me, I think there's something there. Oh my God, mummy issues probably. But she, there was one time when I was... 44 or 42 probably no 44 probably and uh, I was the last one in there and I was just on my own having a cup of coffee and it was my birthday very boring birthday so I thought I'd just go into town and buy a book or something you know and uh, I, I said to her, it's my birthday. She said, so? <laughs> no, I think she's, she might, I don't know if she said happy birthday. She might not have even said that. I said, I'm four, 44. And she said, she said to me, that's a nice age. 
And then she just stood there and looked at me. And I just left her. I said, I'll see you then. I just, because she was in there on her own, you know? And I suppose she had staff, other staff in the kitchen and stuff, but I just like, it just didn't, even if she, even if, just didn't seem right to put her on the spot by sort of asking her to marry me. So I didn't. Then she left. She left the place. And I haven't seen her since. It's really weird. I don't know what. I just like, every time I saw her, I fell in love with her. Even when she was grumpy. And she was, I don't think she liked the job. I think that's what it was. Or it was just very busy and stuff. And it was... That she just had no interest in talking to me. And all I wanted to do in the whole world, the only thing I ever wanted to do was talk to her. Strange. Luckily, I've now got Andre, which is a weird sentence to say after talking about being in love with a woman. Yeah, but I haven't had those feelings. Since, and I don't know if I ever will. I don't know, not not like that. It was un unrequited, unrequited love, or whatever they call it. Yeah, I don't know. Don't even know why I'm talking about it. I'm missing Mike and Molly. It's on telly now. Mike and Molly. Mike and Molly. I'm going to go and watch that. Mike and Molly. You can't make me stay here and talk. I want to watch Mike and Molly. So, you know, if anyone does sort of feel the need to talk to me in that, Want to know what I'm up to? You can just listen to these recordings. This is what I'm up to. <laughs> this is my life. It's uh, it's much easier just to make a recording for everyone to listen to than to talk, you know, in person. It's much easier. Plus, I'm not interrupted. I prefer a monologue to a dialogue. Oh yes, oh yes, 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 yes. It's not really that I love the sound of my own voice, because I don't. But I prefer it to the sound of other people's voices. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Or am I only jesting? Only having a giggle. A giggle, giggle, giggle. Right, I'm going to go because I've served my time for today. 72 minutes. 
So I will be back again probably tomorrow. So in the meantime, remember to be kind to yourself. Because you deserve to be happy. Keep safe, keep well. Lots of love. Bye.